In today's episode, we are going to cover part seven of nine of the golden values to live by. And I am very excited about this one. This one is faithfulness. It is going to be good. Welcome to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. This podcast is for the husbands and fathers who are not satisfied with the status quo. You see, to be exceptional means to be rare, better than average, or deviating from the norm. On this journey, we will look at practical strategies, tips, and even experiments to break out of the usual and surprise our spouses, and at times, even ourselves. You are listening to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. Why settle for average when exceptional is an option? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joe Sellers, and I'm your host. And the goal of this podcast is to really help uh, people who kind of look at themselves as mediocre to average husbands and um, men or fathers uh, to really become exceptional because why sell for average when exceptional really is an option? And so over the last few weeks, we have been going through a series of the uh, what I call the golden values to live by. These are nine values that if if you can focus on these values and use these as kind of the filter to run your decisions through, I really believe you really can have an exceptional life. Came about while I was on a walk. If you're just now tuning in, you missed the other ones. Uh, came came about while I was on a walk, and I was just thinking about you know values because let's face it, anytime you do any kind of like self help or self improvement program. One of the things that we're going to usually take you through is a values evaluation where you kind of figure out what your values are. And I thought, well, gosh, the these the, the fruit of the Spirit would be pretty amazing uh, to, to live by. And so we've been covering that, and, and I saw those those nine the nine parts that are the fruit of the Spirit, how you could break it down into ones that pertain primarily between your relationship with you and God, your relationship with you and others, and then how you govern more or less yourself, uh, the last three. And so we're starting today with the, the uh, on the last three, and today we're we're going to be talking about faithfulness. Now, faithfulness is is a very powerful one to start off with when we're talking about ourselves, because really it's it's kind of a foundational uh, place to begin if you're going to really grow in in wisdom and you're going to grow in the Lord. And so, the word faithfulness here it means uh, basically. You know, assurance, belief, uh, what you believe, faith, fidelity. It can also mean your moral conviction or your values. And and really, when it gets down to it, walking out your life being true to God and His Word. Now, now this word faith is has is used in especially in the New King James Version. It is used this this Greek word is used two hundred and forty four times in the New Testament. Okay, so that's that's pretty good bit for this word to be used. And this is the word that Jesus used, for example, to describe the faith of the centurion when he said that he's not found faith like this anywhere else because the basically the centurion, when he asked for the Lord to, to heal a servant, he basically said, you know, you don't even have to come come to my house. You can just speak the word and it's going to be so. And so it is that, that knowing something is going to happen even without seeing it. And so this is also the word that, that Jesus used often when it said, your faith has healed you. So it's that, that belief. And so if we're talking about faith and we're talking about um, faithfulness and, and it being a value that we live by, then I, I don't feel like we can even begin to talk about that unless, of course, 
we we cover probably one of the best known faith verses because it's it's pretty awesome when you have a Bible verse that that gives you pretty straightforward a definition. I mean, it's like, okay, here it is. This this is what this word means. And so if if you read Hebrews eleven one, this is more or less the faith chapter, but this is the faith definition. And the New Living Translation says, faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Man, that that is so packed right there. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So that means, for example, if you have faith in God and you, you have a prayer request or you're something that you're working on and, and either either improving yourself or it's something that you really need God to do in your life or maybe it's for a family member or friend, that's it. Faith is that, that confidence that the thing that you're hoping for, the thing that you're, a, that you're asking for, it is actually going to happen. And it gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. So basically, if I'm, if I'm asking for a miracle in my life or I'm asking for something even small in my life from the Lord, it doesn't have to be some huge thing. It can be the small things, the day-to-day things. Then obviously, you know, it's, I'm asking for it because it's not there. I'm asking for it because it hasn't happened yet. And so faithfulness or faith is basically I'm believing this is going to happen even though I can't see it. And, and you know, I know that there's things in life that require, you know, maybe a greater or a lesser measure of faith. Some things are like huge ask and huge amounts of faith to believe. And other things, it's pretty easy to believe. Um, another another translation of that verse is from the Passion Translation. It says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So it means the same thing, just said a little different way. It brings, now faith brings our hopes into reality. So it goes from just a wish, just a dream, just a, something that we're hoping for. It brings it into reality through faith in the Lord, through faith in, in, in what we ask for that he's, he's going to be good to do. And so basically one of the, the commentaries I, I read from the New Living Study Bible notes it. This is what the 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 author of this of the commentary had to say. It, he said from Hebrews eleven one it says is acting what God has revealed about His will and His character. Okay, so this isn't just you know wishing for a million dollars and or wishing to win the lottery or praying to win the lottery, but this is this is acting on what God has revealed about His will. So His will for our life and character. It's the confidence of faith is based on the God who fulfills his promises. So once again, this is it's our it's not faith in 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 just some something that we really really want. It is faith in God providing what we need, what we really need, not just a want, but a real need. And, and the word translate translated assurance means an active certainty that what God has promised will come to pass despite our not yet seeing it. And so basically if we're going to have a value called faith then think about challenges that you face in life. Think about the times that you may get discouraged. Think about the things that you think, man, if I could just do this, or if I could just be better in this area, then have the faith to know that you can achieve what you need to achieve through God. Because let's face it, you know, the Bible says that with, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So really believe 
in, in what you're needing in your life, the area you're needing to grow in, the decisions you're needing to make. Believe in faith that God can give you the strength to do that. And even if you can't see it yet. Now, let's let's get real here for a minute, okay? Now, with faith in real life, and I, and I alluded to this just a, a little bit earlier. I said that you know there's things that require a greater measure of faith, and other things that require a lesser measure of faith. It doesn't take as much faith to believe some things, and other things it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how that could ever happen. There's no way I could even see that happening, and so it takes greater faith. And so. In reality, when we talk about faith in things that we we need to happen in our life, things that that we really want to happen in our life, but that we really need to happen in our lives, sometimes we have to have what I call Daniel 3 faith. Now, this this is getting real, okay? This This is not just, you know, rainbows and unicorns. This isn't just, you know, wishing for a miracle. This isn't just wishing for a million dollars or the or whatever, but this, this is when the rubber really meets the road. In Daniel 3 Faith, it's it's talking about the the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this is when Nebuchadnezzar had built a statue, and he had told his whole kingdom, he said, listen, when the music plays, you have to bow down and worship this statue of me. He was basically putting himself in the place of God and putting himself as a God to say, hey, anytime you hear this music, bam, you got to bow down and worship me. So when the people, his some of his servants and some of the leaders in his regime saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not follow these rules, then of course he was going to bring the hammer. He had told them, he says, if if you guys don't do this, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. So when they when they were brought before Nebuchadnezzar and basically, you know, gave a chance to to give testimony, okay, why didn't you bow down? Then this is, this is out of Daniel 3, 16 through 18. And I'm just going to read this. So starting with verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So basically what Daniel 3 faith says is, God, I know you can do this. I know you will do this. But if you don't, I'm still going to serve you. Now that right there is where faith really meets the road. That's where it gets real. You know, like like I said, there's there's some things that are, it's, it's easy to believe for, like... Like you say, oh, God, help me do this, but you, you know you can do it. And then you know, I remember as a kid, I don't know how many times I heard people say, you know, like if you got invited over for dinner, it's like, well, we don't have a lot of food, but, you know, if if we start to run out, we'll just pray God will multiply it. Okay, that wasn't really a prayer of faith. <laughs> that was basically saying, hey, if we run out, we'll just go grab some more. So, so you see, that's an example of it didn't really take a lot of faith to say that because, you know, bottom line was if if they started to run out of food, they would just run to the store and grab some more. Now, so that's a very small measure of faith that's needed to believe for something. But then a greater measure of faith is when I was actually on a missions trip down in Mexico, and we'd been ministering with the church almost the whole week, and uh, it was towards the end of of our time in Mexico, and so one of the church members invited us up to his house for for dinner, 
And so this man, his name was Luis, invited us up to his his house. And it was so funny, the parallel that it drew out of my mind from when I was a kid. And I used to hear these prayers. Oh, well, just pray God will multiply it. Which, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so, <laughs> so basically we went up to Luis's house and we had 26 starving teenagers who had been working all day in the hot weather and everybody was hungry. We had Luis and his family. We had the pastor and his family, and we had a few other members of the church up there. All together, we had 40-something people standing in the backyard of Luis's home. And as we were about to leave the church to go up there with this entourage, he said, I don't have a lot of food, but I'll, I'll just pray that God will multiply it. Okay, now, now that those were the same type of words that I heard as a kid growing up when we'd have like, you know, Sunday afternoon dinner or whatever, or we, or we invite friends over for dinner. I heard the same kind of words. But when we went up to Luis's house, you have to understand something. So he had a pot of chili on on a, built over a fire, or was on a, over a fire in the backyard. And he knelt down to pray because he said, I don't have a lot of food, but I'll just pray that God will multiply it. He knelt down and he prayed. And I mean, he poured his heart into this prayer. This was, I didn't understand all the words he said, but it was definitely not a God is great. God is good. Thank you for our food. Amen. This was a heartfelt pouring his heart out before God. He wanted to bless us with a meal kind of a prayer and he didn't have a lot of food. So I'm standing there and one of my youth leaders is standing next to me. He says, amen. He takes the lid off the pot. And so this is, this is one of those, well, I, don't, I don't know, maybe a gallon and a half size uh, pot, you know, it's not a huge pot, but you know, this, it's a pretty good size, a little kettle there. It takes the lid off and there's maybe two inches of chili down on the bottom of this thing. Okay. So not a lot of chili at all. And as I said, we had like 40 something hungry people standing back here in the, in this backyard, you know, waiting to eat. And, you know, owe me of little faith. I, I looked at my youth leader and says, we'll eat last. Cause you know, my faith was weak. I was like, eh, he's going to run out of food. So Luis starts spooning out this, this chili and it was those little styrofoam plastic bowls. Like you may have eaten something out of last week or maybe some ice cream out of, but those little styrofoam plastic or styrofoam bowls. So he starts spooning this out to us. Okay. So everyone came through the line and he's still, he's still spooning chili out as we start eating and he's spooning and he's spooning. Everyone there had at least one bowl of chili. Most people had two bowls of chili. Some of the, the guys we were with had three bowls of chili. Some of my bigger guys in the group that were on the trip, they literally had five bowls of chili before we left. Okay. So I did just a super rough estimate. And we basically ate well over five gallons of chili out of this pot that just had two inches in the bottom of it. Okay. Now that was faith. That's what I mean when I say a, a smaller measure of faith or a greater measure of faith. You know, if we're growing up in the in the Western world where, you know, we, we have money in the bank and we can go to the grocery store or we can go get a Big Mac at McDonald's or whatever, you know, if we say, oh, we don't have a lot of food, we'll just pray God will multiply it. That's That doesn't take a lot of faith to pray that prayer. But for Luis, that took a lot of faith because, you see, he saw in his backyard, he saw 40-something people standing around hungry, waiting to be fed, that he had, he'd invited up here to serve us by feeding us. So the faith that he needed was huge. It really is praying for something that you can't see. 
And so that was what, that's what I mean by small measure by greater measure. Now, of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what greater measure could there be than, than a life and death situation? And so when you're faced in life from something as, you know, as you know, having enough food to eat for a meal, whether it's, it's a legit crisis or not. And some of you listen to this, you may, there may be times that you're like, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family. So for you, food is a, you may be more like Luis. It could be a huge measure of faith it's going to take to, to provide for your family. Others, you may say it, and, but you know you can always just go out and grab something else or make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. So you could have different measures of faith. But even if it's a life-threatening situation, life and death, then I encourage you to always walk through life with Daniel 3 faith to where you, you say, you know, I, I know God can answer my prayer. I know God will answer my prayer, but even if he doesn't answer my prayer, I want to worship and I'm going to serve the Lord. You see, that that is where the real measure of faith comes in. It is not just believing for something that you can't see. Okay, because the real basis of faith, it's not faith in my ability, it's not faith in my bank account, it's not faith in my job, it's not faith in the economy, it's not even faith in my spouse or my children. It is faith in God. That's where I'm placing my faith. I'm saying, I believe in God. And so when you can have walk through life with Daniel 3 faith, you're saying, I believe God can do it. I believe God will do it. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to serve and I'm going to worship him because that's what you're saying. You're, you're saying, you know, I know Job said, though, though he slay me, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to worship him. That was, that's, you know, I guess you could say Job's faith because he knew even if he died, he was in the, in the midst of things. If he, even, if it, even if it killed him, he's going to worship God. And so that's where faith really begins to shine. When you hold on to that, then you can't help but win. Because when you place your faith in God, you can't lose. Because even if you lose by earthly standards, even if it does kill you, but you spend eternity in heaven, then in the end you've won. And so I encourage you today, when you are looking at, at values to live by, I encourage you to make faithfulness one of your, one of your top values. And understand that it's not faith in yourself, it's not faith in, in your abilities or your strength or faith in anyone else around you. It is it is faith first and foremost and, and so many times only in God. Because you see, people can let you down, you can fail, you can make mistakes, but God doesn't make mistakes. And God will always love you, always encourage you, always be there for you. So I encourage you. If you are that that mediocre average husband that wants to be a better husband, wants to be a better father, wants to be a better man, I encourage you that the way that you improve, the way that you can make yourself better is really, first and foremost, putting your faith in God. Because guys, listen, I could take another hour of this podcast and tell you over and over times to where if it wasn't for God, I know I wouldn't be here right now. I would either be dead, I'd be in jail, or I would be who knows what if it weren't for God. Because I'm telling you, God will be there for you. When other family and friends let you down, God will always be there. And even if it's something that ends horribly, even if it's something that does not end anywhere near what you thought it should be or you wanted it to be, God is faithful. And so when you put your faith in Him, 
that's a value to live by. That's a value to make decisions by. So I certainly hope this has encouraged you. And if it has, I encourage you to go ahead and share this with someone else. Uh, go ahead and share the, the episode with someone else that you think could, could really hear this and benefit from it. I encourage you, if you would, uh, where, however you listen to these podcasts, if you would, go ahead and go in there and leave me a like or a comment. And I just uh, encourage you, not, not to pat myself on the back, but basically when you do that, it just it can help extend the reach of this podcast. And, and that's really what I'm wanting to do here is I really want to help men become better men, better husbands, better fathers. And, and bring encouragement where people may just feel down or may just don't know a way out or don't have an idea of what to do next. I'm hoping that this podcast can be just a, at least a, a ray of light that can bring some hope and encouragement to other men here on this planet as we, as we go day by day in our lives. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Exceptional Husband Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by Today for a Better Tomorrow Life Coaching. I sincerely hope you found encouragement and fresh ideas were sparked for you to grow more today. If you'd like more focused help in becoming an exceptional man, husband, and father, check out www.t4bt.us. That's t4bt.us. Click on the Book a Clarity Session button to schedule a conversation with me to see if personal coaching might be something for you. For this first call, I waive my usual fees just to get to know you better and see if we might be a good fit for me to help you on your journey. Once again, that's www.t4bt.us. Thanks again for listening. And remember, yesterday is gone forever and tomorrow is out of reach. All you can change is today.